0: Well, when we left you at the end of our previous episode, it was a time of mass upheaval at the Houston Cougars, but a lot of uncertainty about the new direction. For Dane, there were challenges once again, living away from home, being so close to an apparent finish line and many, many things away from football to distract him and not all of them good. We check in again as we build up towards what would ultimately be a triumphant season for Dane Roy. A new dawn, but uh, for me, it's uh, it's quite a common occurrence for me to have a a new coach in my football career. I think I have uh, had a new coach every year since my dad stopped coaching me in two thousand and five or two thousand and six. Every year, I went, I had a new uh, coach, and it didn't help that I I had a lot of teams in those times, and. Richmond Centrals are the only team I played back-to-back seasons at, and they changed coaches, and then uh, obviously lost uh, Coach Herman. Then Applewhite stuck around for two years, which was good, and now we've got Olgerson um, here. But uh, yeah, start 2019, uh, fly back to Houston. No one really knows what's uh, going to happen, what to expect with the new coaching staff, but uh, gives players a clean slate to prove their worth. And, uh, but at the same time, we lose a few potential recruits and people who were like, well, what do I do this year? So Because like, Applewhite or whatever coach recruited them aren't here anymore. So um, that, like, that really doesn't help uh, like trying to bring players in when you've just got a new coach coming in that late to the season, especially with that recruiting time. But we managed to get a few good players in. 2019, it, it didn't start the way I wanted it. I uh, had a bit of a mental battle again, so it was another rough time for me, like, my rough times usually are about six months apart, and and I always usually came after coming back home, uh, coming back to Houston from being in Australia, like, knowing that I'm so close, this is, like, I just can't wait to be around my friends and family again, and, like, but I know that my friends and family were like, just push through it. You can do it. Like we'll be here forever. Like you don't have this opportunity forever. And like, I, I know that I'm very lucky to have this opportunity and I just needed to knuckle down and get through it. But um, yeah, I had a bit of a breakdown when I got back to Houston at the start of 2019. I was starting my final year. I'd gone through so many things and I looked at what classes I had left and I think I was just in Dallas airport, I think it was. And I looked at what classes I had left and um, it, it was just a bit all too much for me. Like I had 20 hours of classes and usually I would do 15. So that's five classes of three hours each. And so now I just overloaded because I had to, to graduate in time. Cause I was thinking if I fail any of these classes, I won't be able to go home in December like I'll have to do an extra semester because I can't overload classes in summer. Well, I I can try, but a lot of classes aren't on. And then um, I couldn't overload classes in in the game in season because you've got too many things on. So I I just kept thinking to myself, if I fail any of these classes, I won't be able to go home. I'll have to stay for one more semester. I'll be here in May in 2020. And that wasn't part of the plan. So... Yeah, I I'd had no intentions of going to the NFL. Like, I was just a mediocre punter, averaging like 41, 42 yards a, a game. I knew that the punter I was in my first three years, that wasn't going to turn any heads in the NFL. So I was like, well, no, why bother the scouts? Don't know if I'm just going to do the same thing. So, yeah, I, um, I was in the same headspace as I was the previous summer. And uh, I started to drink weeknights again because I just try to like escape or like get away from reality so to say and um i i kept thinking about the classes and i was like so i i I spoke to a few people about it and saying hey i've got a big big workload this semester like who do i speak to and there wasn't really any there was um joe who was like the the chaplain the pastor but i just felt even though he was really good to talk to, I just felt like it was because um, he's a religious person. I'm not religious at all. I, was like, I, don't, I don't feel like I can connect to him because even though he wouldn't have, I just felt like he might try and bring it back to like God or something like that. And like he would never do that because he understands me as a person who respects me and I respect him. But I just like felt like, oh, I just can't I just speak to someone who's like a professional in this. And there wasn't really any of that for student athletes. So I was thinking, geez, what about people who don't really, who can't really get through this? Like who do they speak to? And I just January didn't go too well for me, but luckily I had a good support group and um, like uh, the Aussies here with, um, Sunny and Dave and, and also my, um, my good friend, Edwin, who was pretty much my Spanish tutor. And he got me through my final semester of Spanish classes and, um, because all the communication majors must have a, a language. And I chose Spanish and I passed my first class of Spanish. It was um, in class. I passed my second class of Spanish in class. And then I got to a third class and it was online. And um, I, I was a bit overwhelmed, but uh, luckily he was there to just help me and sort me out, put me down the right path, because that means I could graduate. So uh, I definitely thank him for helping me out. He can
1: speak Spanish. It, it, it. It always amazed me because he before he would go take his uh, verbal test for Spanish. You would, I would just hear, I was, I was walking down the hallway. I knew he was about to have an exam and then you could just hear an Australian speaking Spanish and it just caught me way off guard. I've never heard an Australian speak Spanish until that day. (laughs) And then, well, I've continued helping him out with that, but it just, it's, it's very, it's very entertaining that, uh, but it's also pretty awesome that he's actually, you know, going up and going out of his way to learn the language. Uh, while my major was advertising and communications,
0: my minor was in digital media. So like uh, graphic design. Uh, it didn't help that one day I was researching my minor. I'm like, oh, what classes have I got left? And I'm like, wait, I have to take this class. It says this class is only held in spring. We're, I'm in spring right now. It's already two weeks in and that means and it's online as well so re- really you could take this class any time of the year but they only offer it in spring so I like, I went up to my academic advisor MC and I was like hey uh, what about this and she's like well it looks like you have to take it now so th- luckily it was a small minor class but I've moved up to 21 hours now and um yeah it's just it's just more things just adding up and I was like oh how am I going to do this but luckily I did like Part of me was thinking, oh, what do I do? I just need to make sure I've got everything like, lined up, ready to go. And luckily I did because I could finish that um, uh, online class at the, at
1: the right time. Well, outside of athletics, I mean, academically, um, you know, most of the time, every time I would come into the uh, – we have a communications lab. Uh, there was no – every time I would see him in the communications lab, he's always working on graphic design. So I knew that was his passion. I also he, I would always ask him what he's what he was working on, and I would always see a new design on that screen every time I saw it. So I, I knew that you know though he was a punter, um, he actually had a, a passion in graphic designing. And so you know, seeing and I got to see the progression. So when you get to see a couple, you know, as as many people will practice their skill, they get to they get to be a little bit better. And so. Personally, for me, I got to see a couple of his designs and just continually improving, like taking what he's learning in the academic environment and just improving his skills. And I think that's pretty, for me, that's, you know, seeing my friend succeed like that and getting better because, you know, to have, he would always, he would always say, you know, you have to have the the plan B because just in case uh, football doesn't work out, you have to be you have to work on your professional skills. And he understood that being the non-traditional student. That's what I was thinking through in the first week or so. But so
0: back to football, uh, I meet the coaches. They seem like nice guys. Uh, Holgerson is very hard to get a read on. So um, I like to look at people and just understand how they work. And he was just like, like a brick wall. I couldn't understand what he was thinking, but um, yeah, he's a nice guy. So uh, I got to know him in the end and uh, he warmed up in the end, but Special teams coach, um, who I would tell, special teams, special teams coach, Coach Gideon, he is six months younger than me. So um, he comes up to me and he tells me we've got a new punt style. And so it's like totally the opposite of what the NFL teams are looking for. and But I was like, well, I don't really care. I'm not going to the NFL. I, like if I was, I would have something to say to this because you'd want to try it NFL style in your, in your senior year, your last year. And so he's like, oh, this is what you're doing. So I'm very hesitant. I'm like, well, is is this going to work? But he thinks there's this will. We've got better. He was at Georgia State and their guy did it. And he averaged a lot. And uh, we have more talented players than them. And he's like, well if we've got these guys covering the ball, you're going to average more than that. And we're going to net more than that. And I was like, is this guy crazy? That's, that's massive. <laughs> turns out he was spot on. So um, that's why he got a bit of a promotion at the end of the year. And now he's at a SCT team. So um, I went and meet the strength coaches. So coach Bauer, coach Kev, coach Brett, they're very understanding of me and they're exactly what I needed. Like, I wish I had these guys from when I first got to UH. They got me into the best shape I'd been in without actually killing me. So my knees were fine. And that was one of the problems from like when I uh, had the earliest strength coaches, they would just like, treat me like any other guy. And I'm like, Hey, I'm like 30. I need to make sure that I can like recover quickly and like, not, I'm not as quick as recovering as the, like, 18-year-olds, obviously. And, uh, yeah, these new strength coaches, they really sorted me out. So I'm um, very, very thankful for them. And um, I still maintain a good relationship with them when I'm uh, over here and um, working out. Uh, obviously, can't work out at UH at the moment because of COVID. But, um, yeah, I really appreciate them. So that January goes by. I'm head down, bum up in classes. Got to make sure I finish everything. Uh, February 2019 Super Bowl, Pats are in it again. A bit of, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm an all Boston fan. It took, I didn't realise the Patriots were in Boston by the way. That's that's how big my knowledge of NFL was <laughs> previously. Uh, I started watching uh, the Red Sox and the Celtics in mid 2000s and. Um, then obviously joined onto the Bruins when I said, hey, they've got a team. And then I went through the NFL teams. Like, oh, there's no Boston team. Uh, I don't think I'll have an NFL team. I don't really understand that game. And it was like five years later, someone was like, oh, New England, they were like a, the Boston, uh, like linked up with Boston. I was like, why? And I was like, what, they're the Boston team? So yeah, I'm a Pats fan. People might not like that, but whatever. It's my job to choose a team.
1: First <laughs> and goal. Running right it for the touchdown.
0: Sony so I, I watched it at the uh, right here, actually, that TV over there behind me at the um, Sonny and Dave's place here. They had a few Aussies around and we watched the the game. And um, after I uh, was at three, nearly three years, I finally get myself a Texas ID. And now I don't have to bring my Australian ID around for people to be like, what, what's this? What? And I kind of wanted the Texas ID as well, kind of a little bit. And, keepsake memorabilia thing and then i ended up losing it and i didn't realize i put my <laughs> it was my spare wallet I, I put it in the bedside table when i was really really drunk after the rodeo once and i knocked it into the underwear drawer and just didn't notice it and then found it like two months later or a month later i was like oh my god i found it but uh i'd canceled all the other cards since then but uh yeah mid midway through february cheech comes in town and um, I hire a Mercedes on Turo, which is like a car hire app. You can hire for a, a day or two or something like that, pretty cheap. So, um, yeah, we drove up north to uh, just north of Houston, the raceway there, and went to Cirque de Soleil with a nice dinner before that as well. So, um, got to make sure you keep the, the dating up when she's in town. And um, <laughs> we, we enjoy all that stuff as well. Uh, we head to the barbecue cook-off. Um, which is like the biggest thing. I told her, I'm like, if you can get into town for the barbecue cook-off and the rodeo and then the uh, Frontier Fiesta, we are all sorted this late. Like, fun time of the year, you can get drunk on a pretty cheap budget as well. So um, yeah, we go to the cook-off, we volunteer our time serving food so we can go eat some food and then drink some drinks. Well, let me tell you about the, uh, the off-season this year. Like It was actually pretty re- relaxing considering what we'd gone through the first couple of weeks were like they were uh, voluntary workouts but everyone knows voluntary means hey if you don't turn up we will remember who didn't turn up (laughs) even though like you don't take role in from from, uh, voluntary workouts but the coaches know and they'll treat you different if you don't go no one doesn't go either like everyone goes so like and uh, they just work this into it like Build up with the running, build up with the lifting. And, um, yeah, by the end of eight weeks, it was already March and football was about to start uh, – well, football practice, so to say. And, uh, yeah, we got a spring break trip to um, – we went to New Orleans on the way to Destin, which is in the panhandle of Florida. And um, uh, someone on Twitter was like, hey, you can rent my place out here. I, I have one in Destin. So we were like, yeah, Sure. And that turned out to be a really, really nice white sandy beach with blue water. And you can't really get that around Texas, uh, sorry, around Houston, Galveston area. So you have to drive a bit further to uh, enjoy that. So um, we actually wanted to go to Colorado or Utah, but the flights were a bit expensive. And we managed to hire another car on Turo and um, it only cost us like 50 bucks or 40 bucks a day. And it was a Dodge Dart. So um, yeah, massive road trip. Took a couple of days to drive there and it took us like 11 hours to drive back. But um, I recommend always uh, driving those nice roads in uh, America because like it, you never know what you're going to see. And uh, I think we knew we had a crash once. We pulled out um, on the on the freeway and uh, I noticed Kiara had just taken over driving. And I noticed up ahead, there was like a shelving cabin on the road. And I was like, is that a shelving cabin? I'm like, babe, babe, slow down, slow down. She's like, what? <laughs> Is driving. I was like, "Slow down!" Because the car next to us didn't see it, and they have just gone straight into it, and it's flicked right into our lane. And luckily, Kiara decided to slow down at that stage and slammed <laughs> on her brakes as the thing just shot right in front of us into the grass. And then we looked back in the rearview mirror. The um, car had like slowed down and pulled over the road. And I was like, "Babe, if you had been going the same speed, you were." that would have flicked into the side of our car and our road trip would have ended within a hundred miles of Houston. So, um, yeah, we were, we uh, got lucky there, but, um, we had a good time in Destin in Florida and, uh, it was pretty cool to say you drove from Texas to Florida, even though it's a lot quicker than you think, cause that panhandle does stretch along. We chose that place because we knew that the money was going, uh, somewhere nice. And, uh, like, so a UH owned, Technically, I think that's what you'd say. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a great place along the beach. Uh, it was just like one of those movie sets, you know, those American movies where you've got like yeah. the ticket fences in the, in the sand dunes and yeah. yeah. Um, people like to say that Galveston's a really nice beach but Galveston was terrible compared to this beach and like this beach wasn't actually that good compared to Australian beaches. So we, we are score for choice where we, uh, we come from. So uh, a long drive back uh, after that, uh, Kiara went home and I uh, went to the rodeo again. Like I didn't have any tickets. I just went in, bought like a pass for like 10 bucks. I just needed to uh, clear my mind because I got a bit upset again. Like, because um, I wasn't sure what time Kiara was coming back in, um, in the season. Was it the start? Was it the end? Because I was graduating. So there was a possibility she wasn't going to come until the last month. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to clear my mind. I went to little, um, the animal farms in the rodeo and just saw all the the small animals, like little piglets and uh, the sheep and stuff. Just a little, the the kid in me just wanted to be a kid. So, um, and I think I got some pizza as well, but uh, yeah.
1: Over 365,000 Oreos were fried at the Houston Livestock Show at Rodeo. Well, in order for them to consume 125,000 turkey legs, roughly 62,500 turkeys had to participate as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm into this salad thing, guys. I'm into salad. raise beef, but I'm into salad. No. It doesn't tell how many heads of lettuce we serve on how many hamburgers and those kinds of things. We Well, if you need beef or some sort of barbecue, 30,000 barbecue sandwiches were served, Bob, so there's that option as well. Do you know how many bottles of barbecue sauce they used? I'm not talking about during uh, the barbecue cook-off. How many bottles of barbecue sauce they used during serving all that barbecue meat? Yummy. Chicken, pork, and beef. Um, I don't know. 55-gallon drums, boys. 100 and 38.55-gallon drums of barbecue sauce. Yikes. It's not on her sheet. He just makes stuff up like that, and it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, March finished up, and uh, April came around. And the, the new coaches, that Holgerson didn't really – he didn't do the usual spring game, and the supporters did not like that, let me tell you, because they want their football fixed. They, they haven't got it since that bloody shellacking in Fort Worth in December. And you're telling me the next time they can get it is in September? No. Nah, they need their spring game and they didn't get it. And I don't know why, actually. Like, they kind of made some, like, Friday night light things out of it, how, like, you can come down on a Friday and watch us practice. But people wanted, like, team versus team. They want to see some stuff. But – um it didn't really affect us anyway. So um, I apologise to the supporters. It does get a lot, long time between drinks, so to say, with the football. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we managed to um, hold some practices. And once that finished, uh, I think the, I went to go watch the Sabercats as well, the local rugby league team in Houston. There is obviously Major League Rugby is a big thing in America now. Sabercats have been playing out of a... Um, a minor league baseball stadium down in uh, south of Houston. They finally got their new stadium. I kind of like this stadium. It's called Aviva Stadium. And it was like 13 million dollars to make. I think like Melbourne need to make one of these stadiums nearby because it's like a multi-purpose venue. You could play like soccer on it, um, rugby, gridiron, so to say. You could hold functions and uh, festivals there, and it's. There's not many rectangular stadiums around Melbourne that have, like, no. capacity of 5,000 people or something. So that gave me an idea. I'm like, if I ever come in with some money, I might, like, invest in something like that. <laughs> and, uh, maybe base pro kick out of there. But, uh, or even gridiron Victoria. But uh, the, uh, they probably played there a bit too early because the, the grass hadn't settled into the sand, so to say. It was And just imagine you've got a wooden floor with a rug on it and it was like just pushing up on it. Like every time they had a, sh- a, a, a scrum, they would push into it. They'd dig into the sand. It would just bunch up. And then the guys would be laying the grass back out on the field. And, uh, but now I'm practicing there uh, three times a week. And uh, it's, grass is perfect, except for the, the murder horns that pop up every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> After attending of what would nearly be a game a week of bas- at baseball for the last few years, I finally got invited to throw out the first pitch at a University of Houston baseball game, and I nailed it. And it was probably one of my uh, favourite times in life. Because I'm a massive sports guy, and I finally got to throw out a first pitch. I didn't duff it as well. People say it probably fell short of the strike zone. I said, no, that was definitely a strike. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that was really fun to do. And, uh, and it turned out that was the last time I actually got to watch um, baseball at University of Houston because when I came back this year, they had to finish up early because of COVID. So, um, yeah, that's unlucky. So, uh, yeah, in April, one of my um, digital media classes uh, was, like, we we had to go on tours of various print places around Houston. And uh, we'd tour them. We'd write a report on what we learnt. And um, doing this, it's what reignited my creative mind. And I'm so glad I took this class. I'm so glad I took this uh, minor because it's really just made me think of what am I gonna do when I can't play football anymore? I definitely want to be creative and a designer. So I was very happy to to come to that realization. So uh, one place we went to, I saw they did like custom on-demand printing. They print on everything. And uh, they even made cornhole boards, and I was like, "You guys print on the cornhole boards?" are like, "Yep, we print on the sticker. put the sticker on. We send it off." And I was like, "Oh, can I can I buy one of them?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure. Here's a, like a coupon for seventy percent off or something." And um, so the, the cornhole boards went from like two hundred bucks to um, like sixty bucks or something. And I made them for the made some cornhole boards for our wedding, and so I had a wood grain pattern on Photoshop, put an R, a letter R, on it made a stained look and all that. And um, they, they made them send them through to me. And then I shipped them back home for um, what I saved on the the discount. I ended up paying on international shipping anyway, because they're a bit too big to take on the plane. But um, they were a massive hit at our wedding. And uh, I, I really think that um, cornhole is definitely a sport that needs to be introduced into the pubs in Australia. And uh, if yeah. I can get them. Get a supplier in in Australia. I reckon the the pubs would be definitely onto that. And at the same time, in uh, April, I made some wooden gift boxes off. I bought them off Amazon, but I, I dyed them and um, chucked in some like uh, like straw hay, a little bottle of Kraken, like a uh, a wallet for um like a little uh, card wallet and some Texas socks for my groomsmen. And um, I was looking forward to uh, taking them back to Australia because I was about to go and speak to a few of my uh, good friends and ask them to be my groomsmen in my wedding because my time in Houston was nearly over and uh, April finishes just like that. I'm about to fly back to Australia for the second last time or so I thought. So uh, yeah, May rolls around. (laughs) We are giving all of May off. This is amazing by the way, all of May. What a change. Now that's, How you run a team. Give (laughs) the players time away from the facility so they don't end up hating it and wanting to leave as soon as they can every day. So, um, yeah, I flew to Melbourne, landed in the morning. Uh, I got... uh, (laughs) This was a busy day. Like, I landed on the Friday, landed on the Friday morning. I got a new white shirt because I stuffed the other one up. I ironed it in one spot too much and it burnt it. And, um, I, know, I was on my way to, and by the afternoon, I was on my way to my first wedding with Kiara since uh, my friend Maida got married to Thomas back in 2015. And I, mean, I was very excited. So, um, yeah, I just landed in the morning and then by the night I was like, yeah, party on let's go. People are like, Oh, where you been? I said, I literally just landed today. And they're like, no way. And so I thanked the, uh, the bride and groom, which was Andy and Elise, for um, having the wedding on a Friday, even though like they it, it didn't do it for me, it just turned out to be the right thing. But I I made the wedding, and I was so happy, and um, it was uh, it was so good to be back. And because I've had so many, too many emotional FaceTimes with Kiara, she's been attending a wedding by herself. She's uh, she's done very well, the poor girl. So um, we we have battled along the way doing these like long distance FaceTimes and pretty emotional after the wedding when she realises everyone's by it with someone and she's not. But uh, yeah, we we finally got one together and it was just great. And then, well, there's another wedding coming up at the uh, the start of next year with my best mate, uh, Steve and Britt. So we're looking forward to that one. Uh, definitely won't be no COVID restrictions then, but uh, if there is, we
1: might have to have you a bootleg or something like that. <laughs>
0: So um, And we got to dress up again the next night Because we had an engagement party as well So um, two nights in a row we get to dress up And uh, have a few sherbets May started off really good I ended up going to uh, uh, Kevin Bartlett Reserve in uh, Richmond To watch the Richmond Central's Women's team play had a friend Amanda play on that team And um, I've been very vocal on Twitter About um, supporting all the local teams Especially the the snakes women 's team so I got down there watched them play and um, got a picture with her after the game just to say yeah this is cool I love this I love this game and I love this team as well so um, yeah it was good to be back in the at KB reserve now I played a lot of golf while I was back I had a whole month so I made sure I would play golf with mum and dad a lot I think we dropped down to to Lang Lang maybe drew and all those local courses they are a bit cheaper on the hip pocket but um, you can still shank them in the bloody uh, the middle of the next fairway. So uh, <laughs> golf's still all the same sometimes. So then two, June 2019, I fly back to Houston. And this is the last time I'll fly back to the United States of America. For now, I didn't have any plans to go to the NFL, obviously. And um, everyone kept saying, no, 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 you, you'll go, you'll go. And I was like, well, I won't really. Look, I haven't done anything special. Like, don't worry about me. Like... I'm, I'm happy to go back home, start a family. I'll get a job somewhere and we'll um, yeah, go from there. So um, I've, got a spare, I've got some spare time to start. Uh, I've, I've got some spare time, sorry, in the, uh, the start of June. And so I start my internship with the graphic design department in the football team with Brett. I was like, Brett, tell me everything you know. I want to be a graphic designer. So, um, yeah. And he's like, well, show me what you can do. And he's like... Well, you can do a lot already, so that's pretty good than most people. And it probably helps that I've I've been on Microsoft Paint a lot in my life, so um, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. So does that? No, I'm just kidding. Mum, Mum's a obviously a very talented uh, graphic designer back in her day, and um, I've, I've grabbed some of her skills along the way. So uh, I was really happy that um, I could get an internship at the football department and do something that I wanted to do as well. So uh, that was. Um, that was pretty fun. But uh, the worst part about my summer is that my digital media classes were now off campus down at the University of Houston Sugarland campus, which is 30 or 45 minutes away. So I was like, that's cool. I've got a shuttle bus there in my, because I had one class there in um, in the spring semester. And I was like, sorry, right. I'll get a shuttle bus there. And um, then I'll come back and then they announced that there'd be no shuttle bus because there was like no classes there. There's there only like one or two classes. But it turns out four people in the class, all four of us, would have taken a shuttle bus if there was one because like one girl lived like north of Houston, another one lived like um, over near the where I lived as well. And like we all would have taken it and then that, no, no shuttle bus. So um, yeah, not very happy with that. I uh, We ended up paying the girl who could drive because some of us didn't have cars. So we paid the girl. The only girl who had a car. Hey, how about every time we'll, we'll give you 10 bucks or something to drive us. So she, <laughs> she has to drive there anyway. So might as well make some money and drive, take us along. So, um, that was a pretty fun class. We got to, uh, it was two classes there. Uh, it was every day as well. Like, um, Monday to Wednesday, Thursday, we had this like class where we had to like do variable data stuff, learn about the technology within printing, and then on Friday, um, which was the worst one for the the, uh, the shuttle bus because, like, you'd start at nine and then you finish at four, that was when we were learning how to, like, do offset printing and everything. So we like, hands-on with the, the printers. So um, that was pretty fun. That was a nice class just to learn about it. I was like – so there's obviously learning about everything that you might be able to do or you could have done uh, with design. And then um, – uh at the start of June, I went over to the rec center, which is where all the, uh, the pools are and the basketball courts. And I go in to use the pool because like, it gets really hot. It gets so hot. And then they told me I couldn't use the pool. They're like, you're not, a, um, you're not an enrolled student. And I was like, um, sorry, what? I'm not an enrolled student. I'm like, I'm definitely an enrolled student. I'm on scholarship. I have to be enrolled because I'm an international student well, what do you mean I'm not an enrolled student? I can't use your facilities. And they were saying, oh, because it's, I'm in a Sugarland class and I, and I didn't opt in to get the money paid onto my um, – well, I don't pay for anything, by the way. The, the scholarship does. And it's like you didn't pay for the ability to use the rec centre. So um, after one argument one day, they finally let me in the first day and I said, I'm not even coming back because I don't want to argue every day to say you should let me in. So um, – Yeah, I was like, maybe I'll just enjoy my air conditioning at home. And then my air conditioning broke. So uh, I think um, a a maintenance guy came in one day and he brought in like a temporary AC and then stuck it into the side of the wall and like through the window and then put like foil around it. But uh, yeah, that was, that's getting pretty hot. We're talking about like, Indoors, like 80 degrees. I don't even know what 80 degrees is, but like the temperature thermostats says, hey, uh, can we turn it down a bit? It's pretty hot, pretty hot here. I was missing home again, and I'm um, pretty handy in the kitchen, so I knew maybe I should cook something that reminds me of home. So I made homemade sausage rolls, just like mum used to cook. I followed the recipe that I had made with mum on, on YouTube, and uh, then I made some rum balls, and um, it was just the small things like that that just... Hmm. But make the day a little bit better. And um, I know that uh, like when I'm feeling down, I'll just make myself a schnitzel here or something. And uh, like schnitzels just go really good with the, obviously the, the, the ham and the cheese and the tomato sauce on top with the uh, – make it a parma. You definitely don't want a chicken parma. They call it a chicken parmesan in America. And it's uh, dished up on um, pasta, like spaghetti pasta. And it's, there's no ham in it either. The uh, t- We have a team meeting that started in June. The new players on the team come in for the summer workout. Uh, some of them start at the start of the season. Like your quarterbacks that are coming in, they want to learn the system. But the rest of them usually come at the start of summer, which is the start of June. And they put them all up on uh, in, in front of us, in front of the team meeting. And then I'd seen this guy outside earlier. And I was like, I thought he was a coach. You know, He comes out and he says... My name's Justin Murphy. I'm Olan. And I was like, this guy, he's, he's like older than me, isn't he? So um, turns out Murph, I, I had a good time with Murph. And we uh, we shared a few drinks together. And, um, yeah, I just, my first impression was like, this guy's a coach. He might be one of the new strength coaches. But it uh, turns out he was. He was a player. So, uh, yeah, 4th of July rolls around. And uh, we're back up on the lake. And, um, letting fireworks off this time. I think I spent about a hundred bucks at the fireworks stand. Like it's fireworks are illegal in Texas all year round, except for new years and, um, 4th of July. So like they open up their stores, there's all these things in the world you can buy with fireworks. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I just went like kid in a candy store. I'm like, I cannot wait to light these up and point them into the sky later. And, um, yeah, that was pretty fun. So, um, yeah. And then the, uh, the next part, so summer school goes for obviously uh, June and July. And in, in July, I was learning about printing. I got to print my own trading cards because I wanted to frame some cards under a jersey in my pool room whenever I make it, so yeah, make a pool room. So I, um, I made these trading cards on Photoshop and um, then I ended up putting uh, printing these out. And now they're like really nice looking and um, they're going to go straight to the pool room for uh, when I eventually get one. And it's just a little mem- uh, keepsake memorabilia thing for me as well. So, um, and it ended up uh, have, giving that idea to the football team to give to the, sh- the seniors every year. And we were the first ones to do it. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Every year in, uh, in July, the, uh, each conference has a media day. And um, obviously, we're in the American Athletic Conference, And every year I was like, ooh, it'd be nice to be invited there as one of the captains go up there and media day and just talk stuff because you get to go on a private jet and you get to buy a new suit. They they buy you a new suit and you get to eat lobsters and I'm pretty sure there's an open bar. So someone somewhere suggested me... And I was like, all right, I'm not going to fight that. That's, that sounds good to me. So, um, I was like, Hey, are we going to get suits done? Because, um, we were like a week away or two weeks away from flying out for media day. And there was no suits being made yet. And, um, so they, I think the equipment guys, like I love the equipment guys, but sometimes they just trying to do the the path of least resistance, and they're like, oh, we've got some team suits here, and I was like, hell no, we ain't wearing team suits. So I went to the person who knows exactly what to say. I went to De Eric, and I was like, hey, De Eric, they're about to make us wear team suits to the media day event. And he's like, nah, hell no, nah, that's not happening. And then like and a couple of hours later, I got a text from the EQ guy saying, hey, when can you go into the, the suit store and get fitted? So I was like, that was perfect. That worked, that worked a treat. So yeah, got a suit fitted, got some uh, nice shoes and a shirt, and um, I was all kitted out for media day. So we, uh, yeah, we flew up on a private jet. This is mm-hmm. one, of our, uh, one of our boosters. Um, donated their private jet for us to fly up to uh, Rhode Island Um, and I think it was Providence so Newport sorry Newport I didn't say Providence (laughs) it was Newport, Rhode Island and um, yeah like it was picturesque as well it was one of those really really nice um, I think it's like you would call that area New England even though it's not in um, Massachusetts but it's like I think that's what the area they call so I'm my Knowledge of Northeast America is not the best, but um, yeah, they uh, they had a big clam bake where there was like lobsters and all these different things in it. Um, I got to try uh, clam chowder or chowder, and, um, <laughs> and that was actually pretty nice, nice and creamy. But uh, so then there's uh, there's an open bar, so um, I'm pretty sure people didn't even realize there was an open bar until like a couple of the teams who didn't really care what they were looking like. Because, uh, like, we meet everyone from the conferences there. they usually mean four players each, each team. But um, some players, some conferences, uh, some teams only brought a couple of players. But, um, yeah, I got to see... Uh, there's only one Australian as well at that time. It was um, Luke Magnolizzi or Magliosi. Or, he's the other pro-kick guy to UConn. But uh, he was there, so I had a chat to him, and um, I was like, "You boys are gonna have a drink?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know. We we're allowed." And I was like, "Well, the coaches have already gone, so we we not we put a few back down, or all free and stuff." And uh, uh, we left at a reasonable time because this is right next to the uh, the, the ocean where we were uh, eating earlier, and then um, apparently a few players just kept going, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah i didn't want to disrespect the the houston uh the name so i uh, had a few quiet ones and then disappeared to bed and uh i was uh, luckily enough to room with Flem, and uh Phlegm decides to just watch movies on his phone or watch videos on his phone at like 1am and trying to sleep and i was like mate you reckon you could put them in your headphones and he's like oh sorry man <laughs> so uh, yeah, we finish my uh we fly home. We do the media day, sorry. Um not many people ask me too many questions, just the uh, bloody ice cream salesman questions and all that. So um it's good to finally get away from all that. We, we fly back home and um yeah, it was uh the end of uh the end of summer's coming up. So uh, I finished my summer classes which is uh, in turn the uh, end of my minor. So uh, I managed to convince the professor to finish early as well. Like we had another, uh, I think we had another week to go or um, no, we were, uh, we finished on time, but he thought we had a few more weeks to go. And I was like, oh, professor, the, uh, the, the is finished like next week. And he's like, he was an Irishman. He's like, Oh no, been planning for that. And I was like, well, you should. He goes, maybe we won't teach you how to do the off centre so, uh, so we snuck out of uh, learning some stuff because he was just like, Oh, you guys are just, you guys are too fun. How about we? we just, um, just finish <laughs> up. So, uh, yeah, that was a pretty fun class. That was a good time just to be there. And just like learning something different and, yeah. um, I didn't expect it to be like that. So I was very glad that that one day I was browsing online. What is the college of technology? Oh, what digital media? Yes. I'll do that as my minor. I'm very happy that happened. So, uh, that was a pretty fun summer apart from the, uh, the shuttle bus fuck up. So to say when they, uh, we're paying money for these classes. So, um, yeah, I can't believe they didn't appreciate the people the only class they had, they were gonna and there were people on that would have taken the bus and you're not gonna run the bus. You're kidding me. Anyway. So um uh yeah, we uh we finish up in uh summer classes. And then um so what's that? Uh, a few players start this two thousand nineteen season on the uh watch list, just just like always. I'm back on the Ray Guy Award watch list. Um and, um, yeah, just it's always good to be on that first watch list, as I was saying. So uh, there's a couple of boys who weren't on in there and they made their, uh, their feelings known on uh, like uh, some personal group, private group chats, but uh, they got put it on the end. Well, that was another off-season, a challenge, an off-season like no other. And the challenge now was for them to get it right on the field after all of the problems that had plagued them in the back end of the previous season. And for Dane, it was an opportunity to show once and for all that he did belong in the big time, not just now, but in the
1: future.